Welcome to Actor Spotlight. Uh, today we are talking about the one and the only Dana Carvey. Uh, when I was probably my son Miller's age at eight, all the way up and up through my teens, Dana Carvey might have been my favorite actor. Might have been my favorite person uh, as far as comedy goes because of his talent to impersonate and because he was just generally funny. And the things he did were kind of next level, kind of like... Um, he plays the drums. He's a big Johnny Carson fan, and I'm a big Johnny Carson fan. Uh, his style, how you carry yourself, what you do. I love, um, love, love, love Dana can I, Carvey. Can I ask an ignoramus question? No. Uh, does he do Carson? Oh, weird, wacky, wild stuff here. Okay. A, a, so good of a Carson so impression. I've not watched a lot of SNL, especially classic oh, SNL. Oh, my gosh. So he did Carson on the show? He did Carson on the show. Okay. Uh, Phil Hartman would do uh, Ed McMahon. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's right, sir. That's oh, Johnny. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and then uh, Dana was like, so good. Man, so, so good. His his impressions are, are They're solid. Pretty, pretty good. They're yeah. really solid. Yeah, yeah. He, he just basically says... He really does just mimic. Like, he really does just listen to it and kind of call it back. You know, a guy like Frank Caliendo. Have you ever heard Frank yes. Caliendo do yeah, stuff? Yeah. Uh, Ryan's in the live chat. Um, Frank Caliendo, okay, is uh, next level above Dana Carvey, in my opinion. For impressions. For impressions because of how close Frank Caliendo sounds to the person. Yeah. Dana Carvey is more of a, yeah, that is that person. Or, that is a pretty good impression of that. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I shouldn't say pretty good. That is an awesome impression of that. But Frank Caliendo is like, could Frank Caliendo could call you as Morgan Freeman, and you'd be like, Morgan Freeman called me today. Because you would literally be like, it's Morgan Freeman. John Madden called me today. I can't believe this. Danny Carvey would call you and be like, sounds a lot like... It sounds like John. It Madden sounds a, a lot cold. like John, or it sounds a lot like it sounds a lot like Johnny Carson, right? It's obviously someone doing an impression, but it sounds a lot like him. But except he can do just a plethora of things, and he's a he really is a solid actor. This is a this movie that we were going to talk about on the main show today or uh, this week, excuse me, uh, because it's actor spotlight <laughs> is a bad a bad interpretation of him as an actor. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's. Yeah. You know, Al Pacino or anything. Like, he's not going to act his way out of a lot. But he kind of cut his teeth on, well, maybe not his first impressions, but like, he did a lot of George Bush. And I know that. Yeah. And, George H.W. Bush. Yes, the original. And, and I will say this Young Jack, as I'm talking, that's my name. Um, I used to love the George, the George Sr. impression, George H.W. Bush impression. And when I remember very vividly being in fourth grade and doing the George H.W. Bush wouldn't be prudent. Wouldn't be prudent. Wouldn't that over and over again. Uh, read my lips. No new taxes. Based on Dana Carvey doing it and saying it over and over You were really impersonating Dana Carvey. Impersonating, impersonating. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, anyway, Dana Carvey. I, I'm a huge Dana Carvey fan. And so it's fun to get to talk about him today. It's also fun because he had his own show. After he left Saturday Night Live, he had a little while where he was like, I'm just going to leave Saturday Night Live. I'm kind of done with it. I'm ready to move on. He was a little bit of a bridge, slightly on the show whenever like 
the Adam Sandlers started coming on. Tim Meadows is another one I think of in that era. But mm-hmm. he barely he had barely any crossover with him, uh, Farley, and those guys. Yeah, so and, you're talking more in my era. Like I, I got into yeah. SNL in like in '97, right when yes. we started college. Yes. I started watching it. Yeah. So like yeah, Tim Meadows and um, like even like the the tail end of, of Chris Farley. Like I, I'd watch like reruns of Farley and yes. stuff like that. Um, uh, David Spade, that, those kind of guys. That that was kind of the beginning of my generation. But I missed the the. Um, well, I guess Kevin Nealon was still on mm-hmm. SNL in the late nineties, mm-hmm. so I saw some of him. He was doing Weekend Update, right? Neelan? Kevin Nealon did it. Um, Dennis Miller did it. The Weekend Update okay. during the, during around that yeah, time. Yeah, that, that was that was my area, and I, I only watched it for like four or five years. But yeah. Okay, so he was on Saturday Night Live from. 86-ish, 85, 86-ish, um, to, to about 90, well, almost all the way up through 96, it looks like it. That's a pretty good run. But he, remember, he had, you think about this on there, he had Wayne's World, which he's Garth from Wayne's World, which that he will always That's be Garth from Wayne's arguably World. arguably probably his biggest thing, right? Yeah, I think so, other than just the fact that he is a, and his stand-up is good. Like, his yeah. stand-up, even now, he has a Netflix special, I believe. And then some other comedy stuff, really, really solid. Like really, really good. I'm reading here he was one of the finalists for the uh, to be the TV game show host for Double Dare when Mark Summers beat him out for Nickelodeon's Double Dare. <laughs> How different would that show have been? Uh, he would have been Dana fine. Curry. He would have been okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, think he would have he stuck him in there. Um, Saturday Night Live wise, if you look at the stuff he did on there, Hans and Franz. Ooh, I am Hans and I am yes. Franz and we are here to pump you, you up. up. Uh. Grumpy Old Man is a good impression as well. Uh, very good impression as well. And I'm telling you, as good as his George W. Bush was, or George H.W. Bush was, his Ross Perot. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. His Ross Perot. Bam. See? See here now? Here's what we got here. We got this. <laughs> we got this guy right over here. We got Bill Clinton. And then we got George George Bush. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're going <laughs> to... Over and over and over again. Anyway. Um... So there you go. So let's go down the list here a little bit. Not, not gonna do. It. Not gonna do. It. Not gonna. But that's his George. That's his George, George Bush. His old is <laughs> this George Bush Senior. Yeah. Not gonna do it. <laughs> Wouldn't be prudent. Okay. So uh, we. I think we'd be remiss to not mention Church Lady too. I, I think probably oh, a lot of people think of him as Church what Lady. Was it? <laughs> what made you do it, Phil? What <laughs> made you do it? Was it Satan? Satan. Satan? <laughs> Um, I will say Isn't this. That Where was Dana Carvey born? Um, I'm going to say around Chicago. Missoula, Montana. That's <gasps> From right. Missouri to From Missouri, Missouri to Missoula. Uh, my gosh. Uh, we are on the radio there. Uh, of course, this is Actor Spotlight, so they may not actually hear uh, this episode, uh, but I will give a, a shout out to them since this is. Uh, since this is uh, where it's at. So, anyway, hold on. Let me pull this up here. Uh, so, born in Missoula, Montana. Uh, a great, a great place. Missoula, Montana. I want to give out Missoula Community Radio 105.5. That's right. Uh, from Missouri to Missoula. Uh, hello. How's it going, guys? Very good. All right. So, Dana Carvey, born in Missoula, Montana. Uh, they ended up uh, moving uh, when he was really, really, really young to California. To San Carlos. Where's San Carlos at? Is that near San Francisco? 
Uh, it could be. I don't know. It says it in the Bay Area. So oh, it's, it's got to be, be. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, Danny Carvey, a drummer, much like myself, a drummer. Drums are very important. Timing, rhythm is important in comedy. Timing and rhythm, obviously important in drums, Phil. That's why you're good but, at both. But you wouldn't know anything about it because you play the keyboard. Mm. I'm just joking. Uh, Phil's got great rhythm and great dance moves, too. Uh, he's actually starting a one-man show. Uh, it's going to be live on the Vegas Strip. Uh, just Phil. It's, 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 called, it's called Just Phil. It's sponsored by Phil Kwando, uh, the greatest little uh, karate karate studio you've ever met. Um, all right. All right. I digress. So uh, he had a minor role in Halloween 2, and I mean very, very minor role. Uh, he won a San Francisco uh, stand-up competition in 1977. Uh, he has a bachelor's degree from San Francisco State University, which is also... Uh, I'll say this, where the uh, alma mater of a great basketball legend named Bill Cartwright, who won a NBA championship with Michael Jordan the first time, first championship. Michael Jordan won, Bill Cartwright was the center on there. Huh. Um, there you go. Bill Cartwright graduated in like 1969, though. 77 is when uh, Carvey got his comedy start, and he really just cut his teeth trying uh, his hand at comedy, trying to do those sorts of things. Uh, he was in uh, Carl Reiner's... Uh, he was in Carl Reiner's, uh, this is Spinal Tap, brief uh, brief role where he plays a mime. Um, <laughs> and Billy Crystal's also in that and yells at him, mime is money! <laughs> Have you ever seen Spinal Tap? No. I mean, it's good. You need to watch it, and it holds up completely. Okay. Hey, Spinal Tap is very, very funny. If you like music, you like comedy, they're all jammed into one. And if you like mockumentary, mockumentary, where is that? Spinal Tap, so good. Um... Uh, let's see where else. Talked about Double Dare earlier. You go to SNL, um, and he got on SNL. He has that tryout. You should watch. You can find it on YouTube. There's some tryout footage of it. Really? And he's just, he's Danny Carvey doing his thing. Huh. Uh, doing it, impressions? or Doing his impressions. Uh, finding a way on, you know. Uh, I so think he sings a, a broccoli song. Broccoli. I was talking broccoli. I'm talking broccoli. Saying that I, over and over I feel over like now. SNL has always th- thrived the most when it's been impressions. Like when they're doing, you know, Pat Sajak or mm-hmm. like, you know, like people that you would know. Yeah. And he's, um, like I said, solid, really solid impressionist. Uh, there's a uh, one skit that my son Miller and I watched the other day. Uh, Toons is the driving cat. And he's in one of those. Have you ever seen that? No. Google that. When you get home, Toonses, the driving cat, folks. Some of the funniest stuff you're ever going to see in your life. It's a driving cat. And it's really, it's really, it's funny that their owners, the cat's owners, trust, trust Toonses to drive. I found out Toonses can drive. And then the same thing happens every single time when they let Toonses drive, Phil. I bet. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, So he gets on Saturday Night Live in 86. Uh, he stays on there until 93. He leaves basically because he's like, I'm going to move on to Hollywood and do all my stuff. Well, he had just come off of both of the Wayne's World movies. Right. And it was one of those where he was he was ready to uh, branch out, if you will. Uh, the Danny Carvey Show. Uh, let me talk briefly about 1986 is the Danny Carvey. 1996 is the Danny Carvey Show. Uh, there is uh, a great uh, documentary currently on... The, um, the the on Hulu, and it's called Too Funny to Fail. T O O Funny to Fail. I highly recommend watching that. Stephen Colbert is in it. Uh, Steve Carell is in it. They were both on the writing team and actors on the Dana Carvey show. Dana Carvey handpicked these guys. 
him and Stephen. No, no, no. He he heard about Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell through Rob Robert Schmeigel. Robert Schmeigel is the guy that came up with tribute or uh, with with uh, Triumph, the insult comic dog. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, for me to poop on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that's Robert Schmeigel. Him and he's a Saturday Night Live guy. Robert Schmeigel was for a long time and a writer. A writer there. Came okay. up with a lot of stuff from SNL. Worked a little bit blue. Can write some dirty stuff too. Yeah. So uh, the Dana Carvey show, uh, literally the rating. If you, I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert on that documentary. The biggest thing on the on the documentary was they talk about that first show because they built it up. Oh, by Louis C.K. was on the writing staff. Wow. On on that. That's an all star. Um, much before his whole maligned, horrible stuff that he's been accused of. You know, since then. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, they went from they they followed uh, Home Improvement. Right, Tim oh, Allen. Oh, this is on network TV. It's on, I was like, it's I was on like, ABC. Oh, I, I was thinking cable. Oh no, no, no! Okay. It's on ABC, and his he got to follow Tim Allen and Home Improvement. By the way, in 1996, when Home Improvement was rocking, it's the biggest show. It's basically one of the top th- two or three shows on TV. Yeah, and I guess the uh, the ad that the audience went from 11 million to like two million, like in a span of like 10 minutes. It's like the biggest drop ever on the Nielsen ratings for the Dana Carvey show because it was so bad. People just turned it off. People turned it off because it was just so like kooky. Anyway, you need to watch that uh, documentary, Too Funny to Fail. It's on Hulu. How about uh, that? Check it out. Colbert and, and Steve Carell, all these guys writing and acting on it. Yes. Yeah. Not, not, not good, huh? And, and it was like, Stephen Colbert talks about it on there. He's like, I knew the things we were trying to do were probably over a lot of people's heads. And I just, he's like, we were also green. Like, we were also, we didn't know what we were doing. The, both of those guys were in the Groundlings or in the Second City. One of the two, uh, Stephen Colbert and Steve, and Steve Carell. And so they were handpicked from that. So they, they'd never been in Hollywood or, like, knew about television. You think Danny Car- Carvey's just not a good writer? Like, he's he's not a good lead man for the writing? I think um, that Danny Carvey turned it loose to Robert Schmeigel, and Robert Schmeigel does his own thing. Like, he's his own guy. Yeah. So, like, if you hire Robert Schmeigel... You're not going to get what you necessarily want. You're going to get what Robert Schmeigel wants, and that's good or bad. If you like it, great, but it's a tighter window. Conan, Robert Schmeigel, they're really close. Yeah. And I love Conan, and I get it. Like, I, I like the stuff that Robert Schmeigel does. Triumph, the insult comic dog, I'm okay with it. Like, it's so silly it's, and stupid. Yeah, but it's not Jimmy Fallon. No, and it was just not the same way. It's just a different style of comedy. It's a lot closer to what, what Dana Carvey was trying to do and what Conan does is that it's closer to David Letterman style, mm-hmm. like David Letterman from like ninety, you know, nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Jay uh, Fallon and Le- Leno are actually a little closer as far as palatable stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are, you, hear, you hear that and you'll be like, "What Jay Leno?" Blah blah blah. Jay Leno has some good comedy. He's just pretty. He's just pretty vanilla, like on a lot of that stuff. Jimmy Fallon's. Super talented, and he's part of that same Saturday Night Live tree. Mm-hmm. And so you get a lot of good quality stuff from Jimmy. And he, Jimmy's a thinker and puts a lot into his own stuff and musically talented. And you know, whereas Jay is just a good networker and and he's funny. He has he had a good comedy career. Yeah, you know who was a stand up comedian in the same time that Jay Leno was? Pat Morita. Pat Morita. You know who that is? Mr. Miyagi. Really? Mr. Miyagi is a stand-up comedian. Really? Mr. Miyagi is not... I don't know why we're talking about Mr. Miyagi. That's for another movie. He's so serious in that movie. Yeah, but he's not... Like, his stand-up is really funny. Like, you should listen to it. I love stand-up. I don't know if people will get that or not, but... So, Dana Carvey never going to be a, a, a late-night 
Talk show. Had an opportunity to do it. He's had opportunities. He had an opportunity to do it before this. He had an offer from, I can't remember the network. They talk about this on that documentary mm-hmm. uh, from another network, and he turned it down because he wanted to do a variety show. Oh, gotcha. Basically, but it turned into like SNL, but without borders, basically. And during. You know, prime time. And the prime time is tough. Like and it's, it's very too, tough. It's too late for him at this point, I would think. Well, he's just gonna like he's doing a stand up. He's like sixty. I yeah, think. he's getting so, up there. Um uh, well, last fact about the Dana Carver show. Very, very funny. Again, too funny to fail. You need to watch this. And they go over this a lot. Um that show, they had these sponsors, right? The Taco Bell and Pepsi brands that are they're a co- combined brand, the young brand, and they offered to be a lead sponsor on the show. Dana Carvey thought, wouldn't it be funny? We'll call it whatever the sponsor is, the the sponsor, Dana Carvey Show. So the first episode is the Taco Bell Dana Carvey Show. And then the second episode is the Mug Root Beer Dana Carvey Show. Like literally. <laughs> and then it goes down like Mountain Dew, Diet Mug Root Beer, Pepsi, Pepsi Stuff, which what's Pepsi Stuff? Pepsi stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, and then uh, the last one because all those because then Pepsi pulled their ads after the ratings were so bad. Uh, it turned into the Szechuan Dynasty Dana Carvey show because that was the Chinese restaurant across the street from uh, the studio they recorded in. Mm. They just named it after that after that place. All right. Um, as long as we're talking about his career, we should mention lastly that. Uh, this movie, the movie that we're talking about this week, pretty much ended his career for a long time. Like he, he didn't do another movie for nine years after that. And when he did, it was just another Adam Sandler production. Mm-hmm. So like the next non Adam Sandler movie that he did, because um, I think Sandler didn't Sandler do Hotel Transylvania two as well. Um, I don't know if he produced it or not. I don't know. Yeah, he, I, he's he's part of it. Yeah, um, w- would be 2017. Like after it was like 15 years after the movie that we're talking about. So, like after this m- movie came out, other than Jack and Jill, which mm-hmm. was Adam Sandler, he pretty much went into hiding for like a decade and a half. I will say this: he has one movie, and I'm, I'm kind of really working in really weird direction here. So let's start from the top on his films. I'll bust through this. Halloween two. Uh, this is Final Tap. Like those are spot. Those are just spots he's in. His first starring role in a movie was this movie called Opportunity Knocks, and I vividly remember renting this with my parents. My parents renting it at the at Bob's TV and Appliances in Mountain View, Missouri. Check it out. Not there anymore, uh, but check it out. Uh, it actually, maybe there. If it's there, go buy Bob's TV and Appliances. They don't rent videos anymore because no one does. Opportunity Knocks, and then Wayne's World changes everything. 1992, 93, Wayne's World two. Um, you think Clean Slate in a starring role? Another one of those movies is you know whatever. Uh, uh, Trapped in Paradise in a starring role. Little Nicky in a cameo spot, and then Master the Master of Disguise, uh, the movie we're going to talk about this week. Uh, Jack and Jill, so bad. Have you seen that thing? No, he's I, the crazy puppeteer in that movie. Yeah, I have no, I have no desire to uh, see that. He's in Hotel Transylvania Two as Dana, the camp director. He's pops in the Secret Life of Pets. Uh, Sandy Wexler as himself, which is a what is that about child stars? Isn't that right? I can't remember. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's about it. Too funny to fail. He he does make an appearance in that. And talks. It's very funny. And he's back as pops in Secret Life of Pets Two. Out uh, this week. Yes, very good. Check it out. Secret Life of Pets Two with Dana Carvey making a cameo. Um, Blue Thunder. He's in an episode, ten episodes of that. Um, he obviously was in Saturday Night Live. Uh, he appeared as himself uh, just on some episodes of the Larry Sanders show. Uh, SNL, he's a four-time host 
of Saturday Night Live. Huh. Um, then the Danny Carvey Show in 96. Uh, and then just some different different, different things he's been in. Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Have you seen this show? I've seen one episode. Jerry San- with Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah. Uh, I love it. It's so much fun. So much fun. Uh, I can binge watch that show pretty nonstop. It's fun. It's a yeah. good time. Um, he's also in an episode of Rick and Morty as well. So there you go. Dana Carvey uh, plays the drums, and I love it. Uh, he was born June 2nd, 1955. Uh, again, Missoula, Montana, but he really grew up in California. Homie. Uh, very good. His improv is good. He's a really good improvisational guy. And he just kind of cuts up. Michael Scott. I think Michael Scott is based on a lot of the things that Dana Carvey does. Could be. I mean, you think about how Dana Carvey acts when he's when he's got that twinkle on his eye and he's acting yeah. around you. Yeah. I feel like Michael Scott's in there somewhere. Yeah. Michael Scott on The Office is who I'm talking about, folks. And like Steve Carell uh, when he acts like Steve Martin or that. It's the same kind of stuff. So, good times. Let's give it up. Dana Carvey. Okay. Phil didn't help me. Just repeat my, in post-production, just repeat my claps. Okay. And it'll echo forever. Okay. All right. Well, let's do this. Phil, thanks for coming in to the Actor Studio Lounge. Feel free to get a crepe and a uh, cappuccino over there. It's a real nice place. Sit by the fire here, the crackling fire in the studio. All right. Thank you. Thank you.